Episode 102, Monica Lloyd. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, we've got a topic today that will help all of us in our now normal, as our guest calls it, to get to new ideas and solutions and build relationships, even in the midst of new environments and social distancing. Monica Lloyd has been an advocate and teacher of collaborative learning for many years and is now helping organizations apply it in the virtual environment. Here's a powerful reminder as we get geared up for this episode. We only learn 10% of what we read, 50% of what we read and hear. And Monica will share best practices to collaborative learning where we learn 80 to 95%. Monica Lloyd is an expert from one of our partner organizations, Ascentis. As you know, the Ascentis team always puts on a good show. So let's get to it. I'm excited to have Monica Lloyd with me today from our partner, Ascentis, to talk about a much needed practice for the workplace while at the same time, it's more challenging than ever because of the limitations of the workplace, but it's making us all get creative and definitely Monica. Monica has been a proponent of collaborative learning for many years and is now highly innovating to bring a new way and possibly the most impactful way, the way of the future of collaborative learning to life. So I'm really excited to dive in and hear about her journey, learnings, and most recent innovation on this topic. And so I thought it would be just, it's great to, you know, welcome Monica and say, hey, Monica, welcome to the show. And let's start with what is collaborative learning? And then tell us about the evolution of this practice over time. This is something I'm super passionate about. Collaborative learning when I first decided to to talk about this, we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) So you know, I, I had come up with this idea of Wizard of Oz and where the Wizard of Oz in a workplace, you could see your coworkers, you you were in the same building. And obviously that has changed a little bit, but I want to take you a little through that that idea and then we can talk about how we can change it because of the pandemic. But in the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy gets plopped into a place. She might be a new employee. She possibly could be uh, taking on a new job or or a new role. And there is a space where she's been set along a path and she's alone. And as she follows the path, she runs into people that she needs. Uh, She runs into the scarecrow, the tin man, the uh, lion, the Oz himself and Glenda. And during that, she finds bits and pieces of knowledge that she can use on her journey. And then she is also giving bits and pieces to her cohorts as well as she goes and the idea behind that was, you know, collaborative learning usually happens in a group, in a room. And that has definitely changed because of the pandemic. So we had to adapt it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later, uh, how to adapt it. But if you think about what collaborative learning is, it's active, it's social, it's student-owned. It empowers employees to share the best practices that they have with other employees. And it basically hijacks the typical training process, which is, you know, when you talk about typical training process, you're talking about a trainer with a group and the trainer's up in front teaching something. That's not what this is. It's hijacking that brain so that it makes it relevant and enjoyable and meaningful. 
And I know you guys at Ascentus work with hundreds of employers that look to be people first organizations. They really care about their people. That's why they work with you guys. And I know you have been passionate about collaborative learning for quite some time. So with both, you know, having lots of experience, seeing what different companies are doing, and then your passion, share with us why you think now more than ever, collaborative learning has just more of a need. The isolation that people are feeling today you know, especially if you're used to going into an office and now all of a sudden you're sitting at home, you're alone, <laughs> you know, you don't have that opportunity to look at your neighbors and get, and, and especially in a classroom setting, look at your neighbors and say, Hey, I'm not getting this. And I'm looking at you and you're not getting this. So somebody needs to ask a question. We don't have that right now. And so there's a place where employers need to get information to their employees. And there's a place where employees need to get that information to their employers. And so, you know, with Ascentis, we've had a lot of remote workers this entire time, even before the pandemic, my team especially. And we have done a lot of things around that to facilitate that collaborative learning. And a great example of this is kids who watch other kids on YouTube and do things. Like I used to look at my son and be like, why are you doing that? But he would learn it. He would see it. And then he would go and practice it. And that's something that we need in a business environment, especially because some people are becoming really good at working from home and they can share some ideas about how to work from home. Active learning can be peer to peer. It can be watching a best practice video and finding a, a challenge and getting maybe even a group together on a Zoom meeting and figuring out how to solve that challenge in today's uh, workplace. So talk a little bit about the companies that are ahead of the curve and have adopted collaborative learning initiatives early. And you know now, you know during pandemic and having this new way we work, they're seeing this really live out and work well. Like what are some of the examples of things that these companies are doing? We're seeing a lot of people, a lot of companies come to us looking for learning management systems because before they weren't tracking it, they didn't have a need to track it. Things were just happening sort of organically. And now that people are at home, there is a, there is a need to track it and track what's happening. So a lot of companies, what they're doing today is they're creating a sort of wiki library of best practices or a YouTube type channel. So you can take your learning management system and really get maybe even videos or documents that are saying, hey, here's a best practice around this. A great example is you have somebody who knows how to fix the printer at work, right? And it's always Bob. Bob knows how to fix the printer. So when the printer breaks down, people run out and go get Bob. And so now you're disturbing Bob every time the printer is broken or jammed. Well, what if you just created a nice little document? that you posted above the printer that said, here's how you fix a jam in the printer. And you have a picture of Bob actually doing it. And that person can follow along. That's the idea behind collaborative learning is taking somebody's specialty and being able to share it with the group. Some other examples that we're seeing is uh, my child just started school and it's all online. And one of the things that's happening is that he's calling his friends right after class and it's something that came out so organically, and it's something that we could take into our organization right after a meeting that you have that maybe you were confused about something, or perhaps you had a question about something, or something sparked you and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to call my boss right after this meeting and have a conversation with 
with my boss about this. Like, hey, here's how I think we can take this and use this and and spread it to our team. Or I didn't understand that. Can you explain that to me more? Why are we doing this? And those are examples of how teams are using collaborative learning. And what we're finding is that high-performing companies use this and they usually are performing at four times greater than companies that are not using collaborative learning. Wow. You know, um, to kind of tap into, you know, companies ahead of the curve and like how they're doing things differently. I'm curious if you have any insight on using platforms like Zoom. You know, there's so much out there right now about Zoom fatigue, you know, and whatever platform you're using, you just monotonous, you know, people are coming on kind of doing the same thing. Every meeting kind of feels the same. Any insight on how, how to use collaborative learning in these, you know, traditional like Zoom group meeting sessions? The biggest piece of the Zoom learning is, you know, when we're in when we're in person, it's super easy to read people's body language and and see how they're reacting to something. People get excited and you can't see that on a Zoom, right? And it's also easy to check out on Zoom. Uh, what we're what we are seeing a lot of people do is make sure that they have the gallery view so everybody can see each other. But even more so, like what my team does is we use team chat. And we have a, our, all of our group is on chat. It's open all day. If we have a question, we just type it in and somebody can give you the answer really quickly. And that way you can see it, you got it. And then there's somebody at the end of the day who takes all of those answers and puts them into, we have Confluence, uh, but it's like a, a, a wiki library sort of thing so that we have the answers for another day. And those are, are things that people are doing that isn't a Zoom meeting because Sometimes I know everybody's like <laughs> rolling their eyes, like another Zoom meeting. I can't, I can't take another Zoom meeting. So I would almost encourage you to, to do it outside a Zoom meeting. Maybe just do a phone call because phone calls are the not normal thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Talk just for another minute on this team chat all day thing. I'm curious, is this, so this is the entire company has access to this one virtual room to be able to share questions and learnings and things. Can you go just a little deeper on that? Oh, absolutely. So it's actually just our department and we open it up just to um, our team. So we've got about 14 people in our department in the, in the solution consultant. And it's the, the nature of our job is we have to have answers at our fingertips. So having we have a team channel where everybody's on it and anybody can answer. So there may come a question in there and I may not be on a demo at the time. And so I can answer that question for them. Or I can go, oh gosh, they need an answer. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to go look it up. And then on that Wikilinks sort of thing that we were talking about in the Wiki library, and then go back and give them the answer really quickly. So it is a place to reinforce the learning that you had, or now I've learned something and I've also taught it to somebody else. And if we look at the how we learn, 95% retention happens if we're teaching somebody. And that's that piece of collaborative learning that becomes really powerful is that we're teaching people and we're also going to remember it more. And if we're experiencing it, we also have 80% learning. So that's a great way to learn it, teach it, experience it all in one place. I love that. Okay, let's go a little deeper on this impact then, because you threw out that stat 95% when we're teaching others. Um, so talk a little bit more about, you know, what have you seen when it comes to both quantitative, more, you know, of these quantitative stats, and then maybe some qualitative outcomes of impact of collaborative learning? 
One of the things that you hear all the time when you do classroom learning is, well, how do we keep people, how do we get people to retain, retain this? And what kind of follow-up do we need to do? And the, the beauty of this, it's uh, William Glasser's, the guy who came up with this pyramid of learning. And, you know, we, we remember 10% of what we read, 50% of what we see and hear. And so there is a need to do this constant recalibration of it. But when you are actually discussing it and you're sharing and you're experiencing it. So if we go back to the Wizard of Oz and we think about Dorothy, she learned a ton along the way because she was experiencing it, sometimes in very real ways. (laughs) If you think about the flying monkeys, right? She was definitely experiencing it. And you tend to remember that a lot more because you can fall back on that experience. So that's where that retention goes up to 80%. And if you're teaching it, it goes up to 90% because now you have not only experienced it, but now you've had to teach it to somebody. So here's another question I'm just really curious about as a leader, you know, if, if it's our job to lead, right? How do we tee people up for these experiences or how do we tee up the opportunity for others to be teachers of things? Yeah, this is one of the things that I think is the hardest thing for leaders is a lot of times we're, we're used to top down. This is what I think it should be. And I'm going to tell you what it is. And in collaborative learning, you're really stepping out of it. You are really, if we go back to the Wizard of Oz, you're playing Glenda, right? Glenda at the very beginning could have told Dorothy the answer was click your heels together and go home, but she wouldn't have learned anything. And so from a leader standpoint, what you really need to do is step out of it and let it develop from bottom to top where people are giving you the answer and you're listening and hearing it. So you're going to let your mid-levels do a lot of that coaching and organizing, and you'll come in and hit as a leader, hit the important places, you know, have a postmortem after, uh, after a meeting or after an experience. What did we learn? What did you guys learn? What can we do better next time? And that way you aren't dictating it. And you're also not stopping the flow because we all know that when a boss sits in a room or an executive sits in a room, it tends to like people look at that person first, like what, what do they think? And if you're out of the room, then you get a better discussion. What you do need is to empower somebody that is in that group, in that collaborative learning environment to be a coach or a facilitator and organize the meetings, send the calendar invites, make sure that you do a, hey, what did we learn kick off the meeting. And then the most important piece is do the follow-up items, right? You've got to keep track of things. You've got to, hey, what do we need to change? What do we need to tweak in these training materials to make them relevant? And also that ongoing piece, right? Because you can't do collaborative learning in a vacuum. It has to be constant. So every month you're revisiting it. Is this still relevant? Do we need to change something? And especially now, And everyone uses the word new normal, and I'm actually changing that. I'm going to start a trend. I'm going to call it the now normal because it's normal today, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be normal tomorrow. So those training materials are going to change and evolve, and you need the people that are in it, that are experiencing it to to give you the changes so that way you can adapt your business in, in a very quick and agile manner. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that now normal because I've been really struggling with that terminology, new normal. I'm like, everybody is using that and it's kind of driving me crazy. So I like that a lot. Thank you for sharing. 
when it comes to tapping into really that mid-level manager that shows up as a coach, a facilitator, really to follow up, help things stick, you know, I'd love for you to just share any insight you have on like just best practices for those behaviors and those habits of that individual. And maybe even starting with like the things we've got to break, like we can't be showing up as this or collaborative learning will never work. So I'll let you touch on both sides. We'll start with the back end of that, what not to do, because I think that's easier. If this isn't a classroom environment, you know, where the facilitator is standing in the front saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. It, my husband gave me a great example of this. This is like trying to teach somebody how to swim and not being in the water, <laughs> right? You're standing up there saying, no, 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 do it this way. And people are going to be much more engaged and, and, and follow you if you're in the water already. And you have people come in and say, hey, let's get in the water and let's try this. And that's really what it is. It's not a top down, I'm going to tell you what you believe and give you a directive and tell you what to do after it. It is, hey, I'm in the water and I need your help. Help me. You know, you, you're really good at, at holding your breath underwater. How do you do it? You're really good at doing this. How do you do it? And then you're getting people to share because then somebody else, invariably somebody else is there going, hey, I didn't know that. And that's going to help me in my business, or I'm going to take that piece and adapt it and move it to something else. So the the best practices to sort of get in the water, you know, walk down that yellow brick road with Dorothy and help her in places that you can. So that facilitator is really going to be drawing on everybody else's experience and drawing people in that way, rather than saying, here's my experience and here's what I do. And so for the leader, just to tag team on what you just said, um, coming from that perspective, I'm not going to be telling you what to do. I'm also not going to be giving you a step-by-step framework that says, here's the process, here's the three steps or the three buckets. But it is important that I lay a strong framework or I tee up the, the setup for success, right? So I'd love for you to just share a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, I, I, I use the example of brainstorming here. There's really no wrong answers. It is the framework itself is, hey, let's let's work let's work on this. But it's not necessarily. I, I don't want to draw a box around it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I don't really want to draw a box around it because that's hard when you're doing collaborative learning. But there are some things that you can do to make it more successful. And the first is you got to get a group of in- individuals that want to solve a problem, that want to collaborate, that want to learn. We've all been in a training class where you have that person or a group of people who are like, they've been told, you're going to go do this. Here, you're going to spend a half a day because we got to check it off the box and say that we taught you stuff. You know, that is not what we're looking for. What we want is we don't want to group of people saying, "Ugh, why do I have to be here? What we want is to tee it up and to set them up and get them engaged before they meet. So if you do have that person who's like, Ugh, I don't want to do this, what you need to do instead is, is, is tell them, hey, you have a specific skill set or you have a best practice or you've been here for 20 years and I need you to share your experience with the new person. I need you to show them how you do this thing because everybody sees you do it and thinks it's amazing. That person now is going to be so much more engaged and also feel like they have a voice in that training rather than being talked to. I'm actually being asked my opinion. I'm being asked for my best practices. And that's going to get you a lot more opening. It's it's going to open up the floodgates of learning and sharing. 
I love that. And I was just thinking, you know, for all of us that are, this is so new, this is a different way of thinking. And, you know, in our organizations, we're like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing to get people together and just more creativity and innovation and letting them take ownership. That's what it feels like is they get to take ownership and really feel like, hey, I'm creating something here. I'm bringing my voice to the table and really being a part of the solution. I just, I think it's, it's awesome and so needed today. And especially getting people out of isolation and bought into something that, like you said, they want to be there. They have they have a a reason to want to be part of this solution. They're bought in from the beginning, and then there's a loose system, if you will, to have them come together to be part of then creating a solution out of it. I just I think it's awesome. Here's what I want to just ask you, maybe to illustrate for us is a success story of, you know, Hey, you know, I was working with this team or internally on our team. Here was a, you know, a topic that we were looking to, to solve. And here was kind of the challenge or here's what we were trying to overcome. And, you know, really just us spending time in a collaborative learning environment created X, like this, that collaborative learning, like this was the direct impact to really change what we were doing as a team or what this team was doing. Anything come to mind? I have a couple examples that come to mind. One of them is when we bring on a new salesperson, the time to get them started and get them up and running used to be about six months. And that's a long time to have a person on the payroll who's supposed to sell, not really being able to sell. And we got a group together and and talked about like, hey, what do we, how do we get somebody to go faster? How do we get somebody to hit the ground quicker and start selling in maybe three months? And so we, we put together a different training and there is still a classroom component to it uh, because there's just no way around that. But one of the things that we started doing is we do mentorships and we also do very real world examples where we sit them down and say, hey, you were hired, you have previous sales experience. Tell me what you have done in this situation. And then we have you know, people share that. We used to do it in a classroom environment where we could do that sharing and the way we've adapted it in the last three months is uh, on a Zoom meeting. And you actually, it's interesting because you have to call people out, right? Hey, Bob, like, tell me about your experiences. And with that shared experiences, we also start shaping the training and changing the training. Every time I give the training, it's, it's different every single time. And a lot of it has to do with things that we learn from the participants along the way. And we've actually cut down the time to get started as a salesperson to about two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been, it's been big. And a lot of it is, is we took some of the things away from them. We're like, look, you don't need that. What you need to do is focus on this. And we're going to take this piece. We're going to take the product piece out because that's what my team does. So you don't need to worry about that. And it is, it has been amazing for the organization. The other one that I can think of is around what we call it. What we needed is a retention piece. So how do we keep and retain our current customers. And one of the things that we found is when we used to do our Engage conference, we did these product labs, which is basically one-on-one training between an expert and a a product expert and a client, and they get one-on-one training. And we obviously didn't have our conference this year. So we're like, well, let's open up a week. And we had such an amazing response is that we ended up doing them for three months. And we just every week we have a certain set of slots that we sign people up and we give them that one-on-one training. And the way it came about was through collaborative learning, right? We all got together, 
How do we solve this problem? What's worked in the past? We shared experiences and then we came up with the solution. And uh, we, I'm very happy to say that we have seen our retention. I don't have a percentage, but we've seen our retention go up. And we've also get surveys back from the, the people that have done a product lab. And uh, we are at 4.6 out of five stars. So, <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. I'm so glad that I asked those stories just to be able to illustrate like, wow, what like the profound impact that this can make when people work together to to come to solutions together um, as a team and being bought in and really taking ownership. That's that's so cool. And we're going to transition to our lightning round in here in just a minute. And I know you touched on this just a bit uh, before, but I want to ask directly, what are the best practices for leaders to help inspire and and make the collaborative learnings to stick? That is the true beauty of collaborative learning. It's not where we need to reinforce their learning and make it stick anymore because it happens as you go along. And if I go back to the Wizard of Oz, the lion, he was always courageous and the scarecrow was always smart. They just needed to discover it and and, and maybe even have somebody else point it out to them like, hey, wait a minute, you did this and this and this. And because you, as the scarecrow, did these things, it thus proves that you already have it. And sometimes we have gifts that we don't notice <laughs> until somebody shows it to us or until we have a, an environment where that can shine. And once you do that, once you discover it, there's no unlearning that. And that's the power of collaborative learning. Monica, this has been awesome and so relevant for this time, the now normal. <laughs> Thank you. We've got a message from Ascentis that we're going to share, and then we're going to come right back to what we call our lightning round, where we get to learn just a couple of things about you, the personal side of you, and some great takeaways. So we'll be right back. As we transition into the new normal at work, it is imperative to start thinking about creating a safer work environment for employees. And for businesses that use time clocks, Ascentis is helping make the transition easier with its launch of CarePoint, a completely touchless time clock experience with features like temperature checks and other configurable symptom prompts, voice command capabilities, and Bluetooth beacon technology to track employees' locations and eliminate the need for cards to interact with time clocks. To learn about how our partner Ascentis helps with CarePoint so you can create a safer environment for your workforce, you can visit www.ascentis.com forward slash CarePoint. All right, we've got Monica Lloyd with us from Ascentis, one of our partners on the show of Gut Plus Science, and we're back to our lightning round. Really excited to learn just a couple of uh, personal notes from, from Monica. So Monica, a couple questions. Number one, what's your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read you'd like to share with our leader listener audience? Favorite book of all time would be Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. And I'm going to give you a twofer on this one, um, something I read recently that is very quickly becoming one of my favorites is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, I think is how you say his name. And then how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? I love to snowboard in the winter. And when it's not winter, uh, I need another vice. And so um, I'm actually a, a yoga instructor. And then vacation, favorite vacation spot? You know what? I have an amazing spot in my heart for Italy. I have been there three times and I'm itching to go back again. So anywhere in Italy. And then Monica, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? I am on LinkedIn. So you can definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. And also um, you can reach out to me on my email at Ascentis. Um, I believe that will be in the, in the notes that you'll provide to everybody. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, and here's my truth you can act on from Monica Lloyd. Number one, as a leader to collaborative learning, master your facilitation skills. That's the key. This allows you to influence all to have a voice and to participate in the discussion, helping to really bond, build relationships, and get to the solutions together. Number two, inspire your people to serve as teachers to their peers. Teaching others is where we learn at the highest level. And number three, collaborative learning is a constant, not a one-time thing, not a quarterly function. It's a constant initiative to bring people together, the team in an interactive discussion, elevating individuals that are all participating to contribute to the discussion and be part of the solution. I hope you love this episode. I did. Thought it was so important for today's time. So thank you, Monica. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.